It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. So, Eric, for those who are watching the video and they're wondering why we're in the same clothing and they may have missed the previous episodes. We really like these shirts. We really do like these shirts. <laughs> and we do take showers uh, on, on a, at least I take a daily shower. Oh, uh, <laughs> why? Well, I, I have no idea you don't what want to schedule. I have no one. idea. Yeah, I, I like to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for those who missed it, because we have some remodeling, we're, we are filming all of these at one time. So we didn't want to throw yeah. anybody off if they're like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> so Eric, in the, in the last episode, we've been talking about the formation of Ellerslie and just how God brings together a team and how you were, how you and Leslie for for years were praying very specifically for several key things. Could you just mm-hmm. give a reminder yeah. of what those key things are? And could you even just talk about, because um, our, our team, though small, yeah. is a very power-packed team. Yeah. So I'd love for you just to keep unpacking just how God created some of those dimensions. Yeah, so the prayer that we had in that season, there was a season where I, if you had said that there is a team out there. It's not that I would have doubted it. It's just that I don't know that I had seen it. I felt very alone. So did Leslie and I, that would have been loneliness in leadership was a very, very uh, acute sensation that we had. Is like, is there anyone else that carries this burden? Is there anyone else that senses the need for this in our generation that, that holds the word of God with such uh, reverence. And it just felt like such a casual, you know, p- ponytail, uh, you know, throw the Frisbee version of Christianity. It's like, he's holy, holy, holy. And so the, the list that we had was that they fear God, that they tremble before his word, that they are humble, and that they're a man or a woman of honor. And uh, it's it's a beautiful list to pray. In fact, that's what we just said, God, surround us with men and women of this ilk, of this nature. And that's exactly what he brought to us. In a, in everyone came in a different way. It'd be sort of a funny movie if you could just sort of show all these different people showing up at this, envir- at this environment at the time they did, the way they did. And I still remember Ben Zorns, uh, who was with us for the first what five or six years of Ellerslie, just a great man. Uh, and he showed up at, it was before we had access to the whole dorms. I think we just, or to the whole campus, we just had the dorms. And yep. so we were meeting for like a Wednesday night service or something in the common area in one of them. And he shows up and I had had a, like a coffee meeting with him a while back. And I don't even know how he heard about it, right? He just shows up and I go, you play the guitar, don't you? And he goes, yeah. And I go, do you happen to have your guitar with you? And he goes, uh, yeah, it's actually in the car. I go, could you get your guitar? <laughs> and he goes, I could, why? And I go, so you could lead worship. And it's interesting just to see how God, and just listening to Ben lead worship and to see his love and his passion for Jesus was a beginning point. It was, it was really beautiful to see how God brings this guy onto our team because he shows up at a Wednesday service and I say, hey, because uh, we didn't, for whatever reason, we didn't have another form of worship that night. And then I remember uh, Philip Hartman. Uh, he was just uh, a young, I want to say like 13 years old. Yep. And he's over at my house uh, building. I was, I was converting one of my garages into like a, a, a classroom or something for the kids. I don't remember exactly what it was at first. And so he's like building a floor with some other contractor guy. And I was so intrigued by this character. He's 13. I think he was the young inventor of the year, you know, or something. 
And he's this hard worker. He's, you know, this marked by integrity kid. And, you know, sometimes you think someone's putting on an act. Well, I don't know how old he is now, but that was a long time ago, right? Uh, I met him when he was 16. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember going, I have never met someone like this (laughs) before in my life. Uh, He's he's turning, well, he's 29. He's turning 30 this next year. It couldn't have been when he was 13 then. He had to have been 15 or 16. There's no way. Uh, It couldn't have been. I'm not that old, right? (laughs) But... He's a remarkable man, and he anyone is. that knows him would would say the same. But how did he get on our team? I don't I don't know how that worked. He came through Ellerslie, and we're just like, who is this guy? And he's the real deal. And he's one of those guys that in the years to come, you'll look back and say, that's a guy that changed the world. Uh, he's a genuine believer yeah. in Jesus Christ. And then there's Nathan. Uh, <laughs> you're going to need to share your side Two, uh, I don't know if you should start with your side or if I, you want me to start with my side of how in the world Nathan Johnson ends up on our team. Well, I'll just give you a quick back story right. before your dishwashing story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember working at a Christian bookstore. It was my very first job, <clears throat> and I was putting books away. And I remember getting this new box of new books. And there was this book, this bright orange book that had the audacity to have the title God's gift to women. And I was like, <laughs> who has the arrogance to write a book? And I turn it over to look at the author's picture. And there's this like, it was like this really young picture of you with that uh, uh, oh, seashell no. necklace, oh, you know, that cool thing on. that was in the nineties yeah, yeah. or the early two thousands. And I was like, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those funny moments. And yet I, I look at that as a seriously a divine moment because I remember yeah. re- opening it up and just reading the introduction. And I was like, huh, it has nothing to do with what I thought this book was about. <laughs> and so I bought it and I, I went home and I was, I was so captivated by this mm-hmm. vision of masculinity that I've been craving, but no one had talked about. Mm-hmm. And so I just started buying up Ludi books and became this weird Ludi fanatic in reading. <laughs> and I remember when I was off at uh, seminary, uh, I was just following your guys' website and you had this week-long training discipleship yeah. thing in Esses Park. And I was like, oh, that sounds just amazing. God had been so radically changing my life the year before. I had just traveled with Stephen. And I was I was so hungry. And God was just, my world was upside down. And just loving the old guys. So I went to that. That's where I originally met you. And just, that's when you were really, really sick. Yeah. That's that great. Oh, that's a great that's story. That's another side story. Yeah. But great moment in, in your life. But uh, a couple of years after that, you sent out of this invitation of like, hey, I want to start a discipleship thing. This is before Ellerslie, where it's like, come live out on, live in Colorado, work, and we'll just meet together a few times to to be discipled. And I knew I couldn't do it because I had already committed to some other stuff. But I just want to come out and just hang out for a week. And so I wrote and just said, hey, could I, I'll serve any way I can. Could I just have one hour of of Eric's time? I just love to sit down and talk. And you wrote back and said, hey, let's let's get together every morning and pray for an hour. And I was like, that would be amazing. Because <laughs> I mean, again, God was just radically changing my life. And I remember flying in and uh, driving up here in a rental car. And I, I sent you a text and you're like, hey, I'm over at Loodles. Why don't you just go over and let's hang out. And we just sat down and we talked. And it was the way that I would describe it. It's like when it says that Jonathan's heart was knit to David, mm-hmm. there, there was something as you're talking, you're like, okay, so who's influenced you? And I'm like, I don't, these guys, you probably never heard of like Tozier and Ian Thomas. And you're like, how do you know those guys? And there was such a sweet, passionate bond. Like I'd gone through your discipleship. God was radically changing my life. And that there was something deeper. And I think 
just that vision of that Christ-centered, all-pursuit, that's what God was building in my life. Hmm. And I just, I thoroughly love that week. And ironically, we spent a lot of time together that week. Never once did we actually spend time in prayer. Uh, <laughs> so I look back and I'm like, that is so, such an odd, <laughs> such an odd reality. But it was, that was such a blessing to uh-huh. my soul that week. And I remember just going home going, man, I would love to go out there. And you ended up, I don't, if I don't, if I remember correctly, you didn't start that program. It eventually morphed uh-huh. into what was now Ellerslie. Yeah. Um, but that, but that, that was my backstory in a sense to uh, actually forming a friendship with you. Well, it's interesting because our angle, Leslie's and my angle towards Nathan is very unique because at the time you can almost see God setting this up providentially. There was this other young man uh, that lived down in Denver that really wanted to spend time with me. And so he had driven up and we had, he probably met at Loodles and had a, a coffee shop time and a neat guy. But he was a guy that was very self-absorbed and he was kept, he was thinking about himself and how I could help him do things, whether it's write a book or whether it's, you know, become a speaker, whatever it is. And then he, uh, he made a mistake uh, in the processing and, you know, here's just a single guy and here we were running all these things and we're carrying a lot of weights, traveling all over the world. And then he says, uh, hey, since I drove up uh, to see you guys this last week, could you come down to Denver uh, for the next time we get together? And that didn't go over very well with Leslie. I'm just going to be honest. She was just sort of like, what in the... He's the one wanting to get together with you, but he wants you to drive all the way down to Denver. And I'm trying to be all gracious. Like, well, you know, he's young. He doesn't really understand. That's really not appropriate. Uh, And meanwhile, you come to town. So there's this direct contrast (laughs) hanging out in the air and Leslie has seen it and she's been sort of upset with it. And then you come to town and all you want to do is serve. You don't want us to lift a finger for you. So you even rent a car and get here from the airport. You sort of figure out our shipping system and you're like, oh, they're short on, you know, bubble wrap and, you know, uh, package, you know, mailers and whatever it is. And you go out to Office Depot and buy this stuff for us. And then we catch you <laughs> cleaning our dishes. And that's where the name of this episode, The Dishwasher, comes from. For Leslie, that's her language right there. You so impressed Leslie because you didn't demand anything. And therefore, she wanted to share me with you. And she's like, no, no, go go spend time with him. No, no, go spend time with him. Because she sensed that you were a life giver. And there's something about that that is very rare. Because most of discipleship, as you know, is we're around a lot of people that have a high demand. They have a lot of need. And that's part of ministry. But when you're surrounding yourself with a team, you don't want the high demand people. You want those that are life givers. You want the dishwashers. You want those that run out to Home Depot and say, well, they need this. I'll get it for them. And that's been your life ever since I've known you. And it's an incredible quality. I would say you're one of the smartest, best uh, biblical thinkers I know. And yet you don't even act like you're a theologian. You act like you are a dishwasher in everyone's life that you know. Everyone that knows you, when the guys come to town you know, for a semester, you bring them over to your house and you make them dinner. You basically just wash their feet. And it's a remarkable picture of discipleship, the way that you have lived your life. And it is a gift. And so when I think about this team, in the last two episodes, we've talked about Dan, Sandy, Grace. We've talked about you know Ben, Philip, you. We have many others that we could bring into the, the storyline because we've had a lot of other key role players over the years. But God has given us something. He's answered that prayer 
he's surrounded just like and i would encourage everyone there's two things that i could bring out of this first don't stop praying for community you know you may be in some part of the world where it's just like there's no one here but god knows his people and so pray that he would surround you with what you need it might just be one but praise god for one uh, if that's what you have and the second one is there is something about the model we could call it the nathan johnson model of, that needs another title. But. The dishwasher model? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but when you come into any environment and you could have the itch, we have a lot of people that have that itch. They want the microphone. They want to They want to do what we do. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good desire. I, I love what we do. Uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. I think they should grow up to want to do something like it too, but to share Jesus with the world. But they oftentimes see the the aspects to it that are front and center that might get an, an applause. That most of our life is not that, right? Uh, but to give, could you give a, a perspective on what we observe uh, when when we're witnessing young people as they are in their development? <clears throat> you know, one of the things I I'm very strong in teaching when we have students here. We we've called it from back in the day just that idea of the man under the stage, <clears throat> which is a whole nother we don't have time to unpack it, but that idea of being willing to be, to stoop, to not be seen, to be humble, to pray and not be the one on the stage. And we live in a weird culture where everything is available to us that gains us uh, the, the spotlights, the applause, the popularity, whether it's the social media stuff or, you know, the likes or the YouTube stuff or whatever. We culturally have a propensity to turn inward and show forth ourselves rather than showing forth Christ. And I think there's a lot of people in Christian leadership, if I could be honest, shouldn't be in Christian leadership because they've never spent time under the stage. Mm -hmm. They've just spent time on the stage. And yet one of the things that we want to teach our students is the fact that if you, as you've said, as you come into a place, what does it look like to stoop, to be humble, not to be seen? Uh, we've used the term that the no visionary. Mm -hmm. In other words, a lot of times we want to just go out and be the missionary. We don't want the time being the novice mm -hmm. and being the one hidden, hidden away. And yet I think in our culture, this is becoming more and more necessary because, because we are so self-centered as a culture and as a human propensity, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to stoop. It's really hard to take on that servant role. It's like you want to pick up trash mm -hmm. as you're walking on the road. You want to pick it up and you know hold it up to make sure someone sees <laughs> that you picked up trash rather than just throw it away <laughs> because we want the applause. We want to be seen. Yeah. And yet Christianity is all about the humility. It's all about not being seen. And I've come to the point where it's like, I almost don't want to listen to you if you're not willing to clean the toilets. If you're, if you're not willing to spend the hours in prayer, not willing to do all the hidden stuff, because that's where you are formed in true Christian leadership. And so that being said, when we're looking at, you know, say a group of students, the things that actually impress me is not the ones who speak well. Mm -hmm. It's not the ones who seem to have leadership abilities. Mm -hmm. It's the ones who actually are willing to serve and the willing to just pour their lives out for the sake of the gospel, even if nobody ever knows. Mm -hmm. And we've said this before in, I think, previous series, but I think some of the best Christian moments, the best Christian lives, they were never written about. Mm -hmm. we, we don't have any evidence in Christian biography. I love the biographies we have, so I'm not downplaying those. But yet there's a lot of people who have served and just love Jesus and pastors who have who just labored in the pulpit Yet we know nothing about those people. And I think I, I can't wait to get to heaven to hear those stories because those are the ones that you'll find out later had a huge impact on changing the world. Amen. 
I agree. I think there's a there's a pattern there that if you know, even if you don't go to Ellerslie, if you grip that pattern and just take that low place and look for opportunities to serve, even in your home right now, that's what makes builds the foundation for great Christianity. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.